Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Oh, yeah. So, welcome back. It's the first of the month. So, of course, it is time for our All Ladies Round Table. But this one is definitely going to be more spice than sugar. Pumpkin spice, to be exact. October is here. And Cosmic Peach Podcast will be kicking off the spooktacular. So, on tonight's episode, we will be discussing the Salem Witch Trials, Black Magic, Spells, Rituals, and all things witchy. And we have an outstanding... Standing lineup for you tonight. We got Allie from Speed Bumps Podcast. We got my bestie Kelsey. We've got motherfucking Whitney Fox. So, this episode really kills it. It is spooky and creepy and witchy, and I hope to blow your minds. So, I was thinking at the end of this episode, after we had finished recording, what the coincidence might be with this whole HP thing. Because we have HP, Harry Potter. We have HP, Hocus Pocus. HP, Lovecraft. Just throwing that out there. Throw in the dog a bone. Take that and run with it. I think it's kind of interesting. And uh, 
I feel like this episode absolutely kills it. If you agree and you love what I do, leave a ghosty five-star review. Sharing is caring, so of course, share it, subscribe, like, follow, all those things. Instagram, you know what it is, cosmic.beach.podcast. Now, speaking of five-star reviews, I have a new one, and it's from Craig LaFerve, and it's entitled A Great Podcast, Five Stars. It says, I came across this podcast by chance. You can tell Julia loves what she is doing and is totally authentic too. Thank you so much. I highly appreciate it. I put a lot of love, passion, energy, everything into this podcast to make it as amazing as possible. So positive feedback definitely helps. And since we're talking all things Halloween, what is your favorite Halloween candy? And it better not be fucking nasty ass candy corns. Fuck candy corns. They taste like toothpaste and they stick all into my mouth and my teeth and shit. No, thank you. I'll take a crunch bar. I love a good crunch. I like uh, nerds on a rope. I love hot cocoa, apple cider, Uh, I love maple flavored coffee, Mm. and all of those nice little treats. I do my hot cocoa. I get the uh, abuelitas, hope I'm saying that correctly, from Walmart. I highly recommend it. It's a little cinnamony. Put some marshmallow fluff on that bad boy. Woo! We talking about Halloween in a cup. But yeah, this is one of the first of several episodes coming out this month completely dedicated to the season of fall and Halloween. I hope you enjoy it. Of course, let me know what you think. Let's roll right into it. officially spooky season and you are listening to sugar spice and everything conspiracy the best round table you will ever hear but on this episode it may be the spookiest so 
I have an amazing, magical group of ladies on tonight. First, Kelsey, how are you? I'm doing all right. And I have the lovely Ellie from Speed Bumps Podcast. How are you, my dear? I'm good. How are you? I'm feeling witchy. I'm feeling spooky. And that's all I could ever ask for. And last, but certainly not least, my girl, the wonderful Whitney Fox. How are you? I'm wonderful. Always a little (laughs) bit witchy. Always happy to be included. Happy to meet Kelsey and Ellie and glad to be here. Awesome. No, yeah, you're going to bring us some uh, magic vibes tonight. Give us your commentary on what you think is going on with some of this stuff here. So (laughs) what I want to show the listeners tonight is a little bit about Salem, the one and only Salem, the witch trials. Do you first, I want to go around the horn do you think that these were actually witches, Ellie? No, no, I don't. Mm-hmm. Not in Salem. I Let me rephrase. I think there could have been witches in Salem, but I don't think the women who and the men who were tried and accused of witchcraft were, were witches. You think it would, they just rubbed tea tree oil on the wrong motherfucker and they went and blabbed and was like, witch! <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of a fan of the ergot poisoning theory. Ooh, you're gonna have, have to get to into come that. Back to that, yes. Whitney, where are you on it? You know, it's not that I've studied it deeply, but it's it's come around a lot. Hurt, you know. And um, hearing the official story, I tend to think that you know, kind of like Ellie, that maybe there was some, possibly some pagan um, sort of. Uh, you know, techniques used for health and that kind of thing. But I tend to think that it was more about like, you know, to put it plainly, maybe who was fucking who and who wanted land rights, <laughs> you know, like, you know, just like today, you know, right? <laughs> some things yeah. never change. Some things are universal. So yeah, absolutely. And lastly, Kelsey. Uh, sounds like we're all in agreement here. I do agree that could have been, but at the end of the day, I think it, kind of led down to like economic stratification and at the end of the day everything's about money okay so i'm by myself and i think they're really they really were witches no i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) no no yeah i'm in agreement. but what we will do is basically let's travel back in time to the origin story And now I did give Kelsey this homework here. And uh, I want to hear from you first. What can you tell us about the origins of Salem? So Salem, Massachusetts was a Puritan society that was basically split into two parts. So there was Salem Town and there was Salem Village. Salem Village itself was further split into East and West Village. And one of the main differences between the East and the West Village is that the West Village was actually um, prospering economically. They were doing really well. They had great crops and they were actually participating in what the Puritan community would consider a sin, which is worldliness, materialism. Like if you if you had a good crop, you were supposed to share with your community. 
if you sold that crop, you were participating in, you know, like a worldly use of income, you were being materialistic. And the East Village, they had rocky soil, they weren't making much money. And Salem Town and Salem Village, I don't know if you've heard of the Ipswich Road, but that was actually the road they used for trade. So West Salem Village and Salem Town were both prospering economically. And during this time, they actually lost their original minister. That minister died. And <laughs> no one in Salem was actually qualified to take the place of him. So they found this man named Samuel Paris, who was a failing merchant in Barbados. He Let me was, ask a question. Yes. Are they Catholic? Puritan. Which Puritan. I think is Protest- that. Protestant. Like one of the, I guess, stricter Protestant branches, I think. Yeah. They what qualifies like, you to be worthy to take over? Um, being Puritan. <laughs> That's it. This, okay. He was, I mean, he was a trained Puritan minister, which I guess like no one else in Salem would have been, which is why they got him. He just wasn't practicing. Was the golden goose, huh? Yeah. And he saw like, again, failing merchants. And so he was like, I'm failing. I'm straying away from God because I'm participating in materialism. So comes back to Salem, takes over the church. And I don't know if you guys have read The Crucible. I think we were actually all forced to. So I, <laughs> um, I did. I yeah. vaguely remember in the movie, very vaguely. Right. Oh, oh, there was a movie. There was. A, it was a very bad movie, in my I opinion. Know. I can imagine. I remember The Scarlet Letter. That was a good movie, right? I don't know. I, I I sort of read the book. I think I got through like the intro and like the first chapter in the Scarlet Letter. It was too old English, and I just. I I lost the Scarlet Letter. I bet the Crucible has like 60% on Rotten Tomatoes, too. (laughs) Yeah. Wasn't it? Was it a play? Yeah. Yeah, it was a play. Ah, okay. I was thinking maybe I'm delusional. Maybe not. But I don't know if you'll remember the characters, the Porters and the Putnams. Right. So they're the two main families. They were real families. So the Porters lived in, in the East and the Putnams lived in the West. So the West, again, they are, um, you know, prospering economically. And the Porters bring Samuel Paris in, the new minister. And so he begins to preach like original Puritan ideals. Like, again, don't participate in worldliness and sin. And then the, the minister sides with the Putnams. And so they're basically seeing the West Village, the Porters, they are sinners and they need to... Um, fight to regain control of the church from them and go back to the original Puritan ideals. And so they begin to see that uh, Tichaba, I don't, do you remember the character Tichaba as well? Yep. So she was actually Paris's slave that he brought back from Barbados. And so there, there are women in the Putnam's house that begin exhibiting strange behavior. So Paris actually rationalizes it as someone is doing this to them, someone or something. So he just blames the porters. He's like, they're sinners. And now they're bringing that into my home with these women acting strangely. And basically it all boils down to the East just sold their souls to the devil for prosperity. And so the West. Oh, they're going demon possession. They are. And so that led to over a hundred accusations of witchcraft in the town. Can I ask something about Tishaba and like how that all started? Because it's kind of where I went down my little side road that wasn't like I wasn't assigned to. So like you said, Tishaba was the slave and 
she was ordered to make a witch cake. Do you guys know what that is? <laughs> a yeah. witch cake. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You're laughing. Oh my God. You eat these things, huh? No. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Okay. It sounds like a zebra cake or something. Uh, no. Oh. So it was, so they would take the afflicted person take their urine mix it with rye flour and ashes and feed it to a dog or another familiar and if that familiar exhibited the symptoms of like possession or like witchcraft then it was proof that that person was possessed and because it was that person's familiar then that witch quote unquote it was their fault oh my god whoa so Tichuba, like if she floats yeah right. so like Tichuba was um told to do this and it was an old english folk white magic practice to make that witch cake but because she oh. did it because she was told to that's why she got identified as practicing witchcraft the witch cake and it's not like she had a choice she's a right. slave right yeah but you know we've kind of glossed over bringing home a slave from barbados I mean, they have a completely different cultural. They do and possibly, you know, you know, some sort of racism going on against. Oh, a hundred percent. No, isn't Barbados? Um, aren't they also big into voodoo? Is that I correct? No, I I would oh, kind of assume, but I could not say for sure. Um, you know that. I, honestly, I don't know, but it, it de- obviously it's a different culture. I just don't know about the voodoo thing. My husband is yelling at me that it's hoodoo. Okay. Thanks, husband. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I have a a little story now, and I always interject an American horror story reference. I really need to stop. I really, really need to stop. But there was like the witches, and then there was like the voodoo queens in Coven, right? So it was like Marie Laveau and all of them. And then it was like the house of the, And the girl who was, she, her witch power was like, she could like stab herself and poke herself in the eyes and it would happen to the other person. She was like a living voodoo doll. She said in the show, she was like, I'm descendant from Tichuba, which makes me part of your coven. I grew up on white girl shit, like charm and Sabrina, the teenage cracker. I didn't know that there even were black witches as it turns out. I'm an heir to Tichuba. She was a house slave in Salem. She was the first to be accused of witchcraft. So technically, I'm part of your tribe. And oh. Marie Laveau tried to go and basically recruit her. And she was like, I'm not part of your tribe. I never said I wanted to come join you. Buddha belong in the house of Buddha. So... I guess they were trying to say that Ichuba was an actual witch and did not have anything to do with the voodoo side of things. But that is oh. completely just a reference from a movie. I could just be talking out of my asshole right now for all I know. <laughs> no, I think well, it's, a, it's a popular cultural, popular culture reference though. So, you know, where we get, where we start to believe things is from that as well. So what the honest truth is though written by the victors right so we don't know what tichuba was mm-hmm. yeah, other than a scapegoat yeah oh 100 yes absolutely so where do we get 
women in the woods naked <laughs> dancing around a fire and howling around a fire <laughs> where does this come in because that's what I see in my head when I think of it I'm like oh yeah these girls were out there shaking that thing you know starting a little bonfire and they, they see them out there doing this and they're like witches and so is this real I, I mean first of all if you're snitching on people who are at the secret witch ritual, what are you doing at the secret witch ritual, you know? But it's, I think it's just be- making it a sensation. I don't know if it's correct. I would. But, you know, history is written by the winners, so they needed to make it seem like they were actually, re- they were accusing the right people. So there they are naked dancing in the woods. They must be demons. Because, mm, you know, young women and like their uh, association with the moon and in the moonlight and you know if there there had to be some familial long-standing traditions of pagan uh, of pagan rituals or memories or legends or that kind of thing and if there's curiosity and like I I just tend to think that you know there might have been some craziness going on or maybe just not crazy this Puritan religion is so um repressive that you know i'm I'm not gonna lie like me and my girlfriends when we were teenagers like we we stirred up some cloves and we danced <laughs> around in the moonlight and we did like that kind of thing although you know obviously a different culture especially with how um you know uh, how frowned upon this was but maybe they didn't know until it really heated up maybe mm-hmm. it was you know let's uh see what happens if we get some you know hawk feathers and some you know venom of toad and throw it in a pot and because you know, <laughs> well obviously none of us were there but you know people are going to be people especially when they start getting repressed I just sort of think it kind of has to be looked at that there might have been some witchy stuff going on and you know when, witchy women are scary especially to like men who are trying to control yeah. the uh, narrative of everything in society uh, on top of all of the other things well, I feel like any woman that had a free thought was a threat to, you know, men during that time because they were, it was a very patriarchal society. Right. Yeah. I but, do think maybe they were, they were healing people with like some herbs and stuff. Maybe there was like, like a shaman type of a woman that like, they all kind of went back to her house, you know, that, you know they all kind of knew. Isn't that kind of all they had at the time? It's not like they had big pharma. Yeah you know <laughs> so they they have they like had doctors they, they had prayers and they but they did have quote-unquote like the doctors but like the doctors they weren't trained trained right and you know going back to the point of Purit- puritan culture they were very strict um similar to the amish and like you can't dance you can only do certain songs and so you uh julia had asked about them dancing in the woods so do you guys know what ergot is mm-hmm <laughs> Okay, so ergot is a fungus that can grow on uh, flour and wheat and rye, and it can create hallucinations. It's basically LSD. Oh, shit. And so it can grow in um, really wet conditions, because that's where mold grows, right? And so the fall of 1691, in in the winter of 1691, was wet and cold. And so it was able to grow in the spring when all of this really started ramping up. That air got can look like 
mouse droppings. And if you don't know what to look for, you're just going to bake with it, cook it, because you don't know that it's actually a mold or a fungus. And so the nerdy part of me also went down to, okay, if they're feeding these witches cakes and these girls are already hallucinating and they're already potentially using rye. I think that's what they were made of. It was rye flour, ashes in the urine. Well, the the urine also can secrete. It's not as intense, but a metabolite of LSD, which can also get you high because my internet search went really weird about urine and LSD. But like I went down that road because I was like, okay, well, what is it going to do to these dogs or cats or whatever? And obviously they're smaller than a human. And so, yeah, that's where I'm getting the whole bitches be tripping. (laughs) And then, so these girls are high basically on LSD and they start dancing. And so they assume they're possessed because they're Puritans. Yes. Oh my God. (laughs) And obviously the dogs are going to be tripping. (laughs) Right. Because you're already feeding them the contaminated rye plus the urine that's potentially contaminated too. Like, damn, oh, Allie. I feel like it's a lose-lose situation. It's got to be factored in. I'm not saying it's the only reason, but I feel like it has to be no, for- talked about. Yeah, the that question is-, is how much they knew about the, or if this, you know, if this theory holds water, then um, how much did they know that they were giving them cakes that were going to, they trip balls on? And how much was it affecting them? Because to a point, like, was it just a small portion of the ride? And that's what got them high. They then told the story and then they were fine. Because at one point, I know one of the girls, like, tried to recant her story. Oh, yeah. But (laughs) if at this point you and then her recanting, she's like, well, you're then a witch. She's like, oh, no, just kidding. (laughs) So, like, they might have realized that they were high or something was wrong. But then they couldn't recant. Right. And so it just evolved from them being high to mass hysteria. Oh my God. And you know, some of these girls died heinous deaths. Oh yeah. I mean, burned at the stake. What else? Drowned? Weren't some stoned as well? Oh. Like, he- yeah, heavy rocks. Yeah, rocks on boards kind of thing. Uh, Ellie, do you know, so there was the, like, the great ergot poisoning of, in France or something. I don't know the year, but you, do you know what I'm talking about? Was that the, ma- when they started dancing you know, for days? Yeah, yeah, it was dan- related, yeah. but I feel like it was in France. Um, yeah. I wonder when that was dated, because if there was awareness of this ergot poisoning, maybe it was, like let's just throw some of these cakes their way to, you know, like a conspiracy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they knew at the time what caused the dancing plagues. That's what it was called. The dancing oh, plague. That's right. Until yeah, yeah. later. Okay. Oh, but it, oh, got it. Because like rye was a new world crop. It wasn't from England. Mm. So they didn't know like what to look for, but like Native Americans probably did. Ooh. Right. Right. Like, I, none of us were there. I can't say any of these things for sure, but that's what I've gathered. The dancing plague. <laughs> Very interesting. Ellie, you little science butt. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> this was a great side street to the whole, because everyone knows the story of Salem and people still to this day want to go there, look around. Me, personally, I would love to go there one day. Just walk around, see all the historical sites, and 
Massachusetts in itself is like super duper old. And so I'm thinking ghosts, I'm thinking portals, I'm thinking bad energy all over that place. I've been there. It's not too far from where I live. Yeah, it's like maybe two hours from where I live. Um, It's highly like touristy now. But that Ipswich Road that Kelsey that you mentioned was definitely like definitely strange. And there are parts around there that I don't know if they were related to the Salem Witch Trials or not. Um, but definitely got the spooky vibes, the weird vibes, like it's, it's a weird place, but I feel like the parts that they try and promote aren't where the hangings and the trials actually happened because Kelsey, you mentioned like the village and the town and things like that. And then everything got renamed. It's like, what is it now? It's going to the D. I don't know, but they renamed Salem. Oh, they renamed it part of it because like Kelsey said, there's Salem town and Salem village. And so yeah. one of them got renamed and I can't think I'll look it up real fast, but I can't think of the name right now, but it got renamed because as I was driving oh. through, I mentioned to someone, I was like, Oh, I got, you know, weird when I was driving through there, they're like, Oh yeah, that's actually Salem town or Salem village. They just renamed it because it got a bad rap. Oh, it is God. the part that got renamed where they did the hanging. I think so. I so think a little haunted, you think? Yeah, it was I didn't know when I was driving through because I was going to um an energy healing class. And so I wasn't like paying attention to like where I was at or how close I was to Salem or anything like that. Like I was just focused on getting to my destination. And then once I got there, I realized where I was. And I was like, oh, that explains some of the things. Mm-hmm. But do you think people like you and Whitney would have been burned at the stake? Oh, yeah. In Salem? Oh, yeah. yeah. Mainly because I can't keep my mouth shut. But yeah, that's Julie, a whole other one, story. <laughs> one wrong word out of your mouth, you're gone. <laughs> I go proudly to the flame. Go ahead. hell because i don't have a thumb they probably would have burned me at the stake (laughs) yeah no i feel like there was a lot of people just projecting their own darkness onto whoever was passing by to deflect anything that might be coming their way so it was just a shit show is what it sounds like just, Sounds like religion you know. hasn't changed. <laughs> it was renamed to Danvers. D-A-N-V-E-R-S. Danvers. It was originally known as Salem Village. Does it say uh, why they changed the name? I think it was just because they got a bad rap, basically. Huh. Oh. They changed oh. it to Danvers, Massachusetts, a.k.a. Witch <laughs> Hanging Town. Oh, <laughs> Wh- Kel- Kelsey, which was the one, was it village or town that was like was the split. more profitable one. Oh, so the village was split and so it was actually East Village. Okay, this just said Salem so, Village got renamed to Danvers. Oh, well that because that's where the conflict did happen. So even like so Salem is not really Salem. <sighs> that's that's heartbreaking. They put a bunch of like stupid crap in the West Village for us to go look at. near the real portals and stuff (laughs) i feel like if you go there like you could really pick up on some dark 
some energy, all those, those bodies. Just I personally will never go back is how I will say that. Oh, wow. I was like, because I don't want to see them. I don't want to know about them. Like, I'm not your person. Like, (laughs) go talk to somebody else. So I like, I don't think I would go back. I have a random question though. Didn't this happen all over? Not just Salem. Yeah. Germany, Sweden, France, England. It happened all over. Yeah. This area. So it was not just Salem. No, and it happened for like five or 600 um, years at least. Yeah. Okay. Cause I was going to say this just randomly popped up into my head because my mom used to laugh because she has a dark sense of humor. We was going to this church in Kentucky and it was a really, really, really old church. And right outside of this church was like this, I don't know if you want to call it a memorial, but it was like a super old tree. And it had a plaque on it and it was called the hanging tree. And it was like, used to be part of the tap, like the, the downtown, the capital, the whatever for Kentucky. And this is where this tree was. And it was right in front of a freaking church. And my mom always used to be like, oh, we go to the witch church. Ah." (laughs) (laughs) Witch hanging tree right outside of it. And I just always thought that was a very interesting place. Like if it were me, I would have just tore that tree out, got rid of that. Like, Why are you going to leave that in front of your Pentecostal church? (laughs) (laughs) You're hoping people forget. Well, no, they put a plaque on it. Never mind. They put a plaque on it. (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) Hanging tree. 1857. (laughs) Like it was like stupid like that. Yeah. I don't know, you guys. I think that's some, I would, I would also like to know if there were some actual, which quote unquote is in Salem that kind of like, let these other women be the scapegoat. Mm. Mm. Well, they, couldn't have all been Puritans, right? I mean, is that? I, I, that that's my question. I thought it was a pure. I like. I thought Massachusetts was basically a Puritan colony for the most part. Like there may have been little yeah. like pockets of Catholics and stuff, but the whole reason uh, they be, a lot of them came to the U.S. or colonies or whatever was for religious prosecution. So like the Puritans and the Shakers and the Quakers and like they left and they were mainly Protestants because of that. Isn't it yeah. ironic too? <laughs> yes. You know, when things are that ironic and don't make sense, I just smell fuckery afoot, you know? I do too. We're just not getting the whole story. I you know, I never whatever. thought we have. Not on that front, at least. There's some holes there. There's some stuff right. there. Yeah, no, there's I I'm I'm gonna say that's fishy for sure. Because another thing that is propagated a lot are witch movies like yeah. mm-hmm. a ton of witch references in movies mm. and uh you know salem witch trials in a lot of movies did you guys ever watch season of the witch it had nicholas cage in it there is a whisper throughout the land where the hour of our judgment is upon us madness is this this is a curse from hell brought upon us by the black witch 
you've been found guilty of consorting with the devil. Wait! Do it. No! I am Damon of Blybrook. Your name has become the legend. You must deliver the witch to Severac, where you will destroy the witch's powers. That the witch is not what I say. I will take the girl, but if she is not what you say, she will not be yours to burn. You're not like the others. Do you believe I'm a witch, Bayman? Don't be deceived. She sees the weakness that lies in our hearts. And what she sees there, she will use against us. You're not afraid of me. Are you? Oh, yeah. They were basically... The Black Plague had swept over wherever they were at in the movie. And it was during, like, it was Black Plaguey, witchy, and they were killing the witches, and they all had the plague, and they were tossing, like, the witches' bodies with the plague bodies, and it was just, like, death everywhere. Literally, bodies just piling up. And Nicolas Cage's character is a crusader, which is really weird this priest comes to him and he's like i need your help because we've got a bunch of witches running amok and we need help capturing them and transporting them back to this whatever the fuck happened but if they bring up this book in there and i was wondering if ellie could tell us a little bit about the witch's hammer i'm yeah i'm not going to try and do the latin version because <laughs> I Let me make a fool of myself and give it a botched try. It. Malum malefanctum. Malum malachi. malachi. Yeah. That's good. Sounds Go good. ahead, Ellie. Yeah, it's like the malice <laughs> malficarum. Very good. We're, we're, we're going to go with that. So, you know, you had asked earlier, wasn't there witch trials like throughout other places? And it was. Um, this was written in the late 1490s and because there was witch trials prior to that but there wasn't this like standard way to figure out who was a witch and who wasn't a witch and so um there's three parts of this book the first was to answer skeptics who thought that witchcraft was just superstition so this book said nope it's not superstition and the second section was to prove that real harm was caused by the Maleficarum, which I think, if I remember correctly, was basically magic. And then the third section was a manual for how to investigate, arrest, and punish witches. And what I found super interesting is this was done, and he was by, by two monks, but it was ordered by the Pope. But it was used by Catholics and Protestants. What? Yep. When so was it commissioned? It was commissioned... In around 1481, Pope Innocent the Eighth from two German Innocent. Yeah, yeah, they're the names. Orwellian word magic for you, right? (laughs) So it's a protocol. The witch's hammer is like a protocol. Yep, yep. It's the rules, like a handbook for witch hunters, is how it's basically referred to. Oh my God! It was a how to. It was murdering white women for dummies. But it wasn't just white women, uh, midwives who often weren't always white, right? Because because if you think about it, some of the slaves or things like that, they tended to have more of the herbal trainings. Mm-hmm. But if you were a midwife, you were more 
prone to be accused of witchcraft because if a baby died, if the mother died, if someone miscarried, like, and not that it was the midwife's fault, but everyone is, they needed someone to blame. Yeah. And they weren't going to blame God. Oh my God. That's sick. You know what? If we want to throw a conspiracy in there, there's a theory that they wrote this book and they were targeting women like this that had like an inherent healing capacity and an inherent spiritual sense about them because they were on the hunt for Jesus and Mary Magdalene's daughter, Sarah. Oh, wow. All right. This took a turn. I'll play along. (laughs) Keep going. So there is the story of the Merovingian bloodline that goes all the way back to France. Mary brought the holy blood to the shores of France in the veins of a child. It was a girl. Yes, yes. I know the story. Sarah. Yep. Shortly afterwards, the Catholic Church gets a bug up their ass to remove everything we know about Mary Magdalene and this girl. And what comes next? Pope Innocent comes out with the malum malefactum, whatever, the witch's hammer. And if you see a woman, any woman, with an inherent healing or spiritual ability, kill her. Well, she can't be controlled. So, yeah, that's, Mm -hmm. you know, woman's intuition and uh, someone that's not going to be a slave to her master, which is whatever the man of the house or the church, essentially. I mean, that's why they built those cathedrals was to scare the shit out of everybody and keep them controlled. It's always mm-hmm. been a control and, system. And you that, have to think about extinguishing Jesus's bloodline. Like, yeah. Kind of curious too, that there were so many Sarah's in the witch trials, like just a coincidence, I suppose. <laughs> but, oh. A lot of Sarah's like, yeah yeah (laughs) so they were on the hunt for this sarah and i don't think they got her but this is i'm purely speculating no i love it i i i feel like she was probably heavily protected you know um but they how many women were senselessly murdered Mm -hmm. in the pursuit of this blood royal (laughs) well and then to your point earlier where you said how witches are essentially you know someone that is uh, attracted to earth spirits or the earth arts or whatever has been always demonized i mean except for maybe bewitched she was kind of cute you know (laughs) and that was definitely popular culture you know but uh as a rule you know witches are usually the ugly crone with the ward on her nose and she's scared or the or or the succubi you know the somehow can control uh control men you know mm-hmm. with with um you know their their spells and witchy ways and their familiars and all that kind of thing i don't know maybe harry potter kind of changed that around though too in modern <laughs> yeah. like witches are cool again or magicians and stuff but you know for as long as we'd had media maybe before that uh was you know anything that uh is a threat to the churches and their control system well well and i just wanted to say whitney on that point is the church has done everything they can do 
because of their absolute horror of Mary Magdalene and the power she had over Jesus. She helped him with everything. She supported him by her means. Mm-hmm. It was she had an entire gospel that was written and then taken out of the Bible and it was hid away, you know? Mm-hmm. And in this gospel, she says how she helped him with his teachings. He promised to leave her his church. Like basically, I'm leaving this to you, Mary. You carry it on. I appoint you to be the next. And so that would be something Jesus would have done is like give women equal footing in the church. And the Catholic church was so terrified of Mary Magdalene and this divine feminine nature. Divine feminine. Tried mm-hmm. to kill every woman they could. Well, and I find that interesting too, because Catholics are the only one that they don't allow women to become priests or any type of deacons. Um, in the Catholic church, the priests cannot marry the deacons can, but I think you have to like be married before you become a deacon. Um, and, Every other religion and Protestants and things like that, there can be women ministers, priests, whatever you want to term that. Um, I know in some of the more, cons- there's like a spectrum for Lutheranism and the more conservative ones, you know, they don't allow women, but the more, I guess, liberal ones do. But I mean, Catholics stood out in a lot of different ways of uh, what they wouldn't, wouldn't allow. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, is that I think Catholicism is like one of, well the biggest religion that i guess mirrors paganism too like with the rituals and the the affairs it's like it's it's interesting yeah you go to a a, a catholic funeral and it's downright shamanic you know with the smoke (laughs) and the bells and the singing (laughs) you know yeah i had heard or read something and i wish i could quote from where but that um back in that time that there was uh, sects of women priestesses and mary is actually a title um a title for priestess so i don't you know i like i said Ooh. i wish i knew where mm. i heard that but um you know if there's think- some that, and then also if i remember right whoever was talking about this wrote the book on it was saying that this priestess sect was working on um asexual reproduction so that, that supposedly throughout different cultures that this has happened and that would be a threat to the patriarchy, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I couldn't marry off children uh, anymore. Wherever I heard this though, they were talking about how, what an occult practice that it, that really is these priestess sects and stuff. So um, what, like I said, would be quite a threat to the power of the church. You know, if women could just go do could do go do stuff like that because they're supposedly the weaker sex not as strong or physically strong but if they're psychically strong um and you know willful i've been called a willful woman by a couple of people <laughs> i can see <laughs> that cracks me up <laughs> willful whitney <laughs> yeah i think so. i did see something i cannot remember it might have honestly just been a tiktok but they were speculating that Mary was a title and not her actual name. And that it was just. So do you think maybe Magdalene is also a title? Because they would often refer to her as the Magdalene. It's a city in France. I'm pretty sure. Or a town in France, maybe. So they speculate that it's actually like, it's not her name. It's the title of like the title Mary of Magdalene, the city. Right. I think so too. I've heard that. 
I a oh, real quick sidebar though, Julia. I just started listening to your Da Vinci um, episode with Ghost, and I don't know if you've gotten to this part, but there was a lot of speculation about maybe a decade ago that uh, Mary is actually in the Last Supper, and so yeah. if you. You did you get to that? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've got part two coming out really soon with Ghost, and it's all about Mary. Okay. And um, basically, what I've done is tried to prove without a shadow of a doubt that this story is completely incomplete. The, because we have only one side of the story where Jesus is this single man. Mm hmm. But you always have to have the opposing balancing energy of like the feminine. You do. And the union, Mm -hmm. which would result in having a child together. Isn't it interesting that our culture lately is trying to suppress the divine feminine? You know, it's never going to work. Never. (laughs) Never. is, Is laughable if it wasn't so scary. But I mean, so I brought up American Horror Story. I talked about the season of The Witch. And then I talked about The Da Vinci Code. But there's one last movie that I found some dark connections in. And this is the creme de la creme. Chef's kiss. You're going to love it, you guys. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. The movie is Hocus Pocus. Have you heard of it? the bones and then the back. Back in 1693, the people of Salem, Massachusetts Witches! Thought they got rid of the Sanderson sisters for good. Uh, We shall be back! 300 years later, it's Halloween Eve and they're back. Uh We're home! Are you boys a little old to be trick-or-treating? We're talking about three-engine hags versus the 20th century. How bad can it be? Now they're digging up old friends. And running amok. Looking for the one thing they miss most. Who stay for supper? I'm not hungry. But we are. Only one boy has the power to stop them. Prepare to die again. You have no power to hear you. Before all Salem falls under their spell. Walt Disney Pictures presents Bette Midler. Hello. Sarah Jessica Parker. Would thou dance with me? And Kathy Najimi. Hocus Pocus. Into the night! They love to fly. And it shows. Good night. Sleep tight. No screaming. <laughs> yes. 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 Okay. What I want to try to convince you guys is that they were using the movie Hocus Pocus to conduct an actual ritual on us. You don't have to convince me. I'm ready, girl. <laughs> <laughs> <Fixed it. laughs> 
So here are some of the connections that I found to the movie Hocus Pocus, starting with Sarah Jessica Parker. Her mother is German and English and descendant from a woman named Esther Elwell, who was one of the accused during the Salem witch trial. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And her name's Sarah. So they have a direct bloodline descendant in Hocus Pocus. Next, we have Vanessa Shaw, who plays Allison, who was also casted in the movie Eyes Wide Shut, playing the prostitute Domino. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. So I'm going to come back to Eyes Wide Shut in just a second, but it's very interesting that they picked her. Very interesting. Play this part. That's why they call it casting, right? (laughs) Right. Now, did you know Leonardo DiCaprio was supposed to play Max in this movie? Really? But he decided to do What's Eating Gilbert Grape or whatever that movie is. Yeah. I think he would have been an awesome Max. I'm just saying. so. So... Hocus Pocus lost Disney $16.5 million when it was released, and it was a total bomb, but it is now a cult classic, and uh, basically it was a flop when it first came out, and now it's like super, super, super popular, everybody knows it. And um, basically, the whole movie is actually a gigantic ritual in itself, and I think they may have been trying to get it as authentic as they could because it was filmed in Salem and they have an actual bloodline descendant in the movie. And there is something odd about the casting director as well, but I'm going to get to that in just a second. And it's funny because Whitney, the little psychic that she is said casting. (laughs) (laughs) But so they use an actual spell book in the movie with the all-seeing eye on the cover. And obviously, for those who don't know, it's the one eye basically is the interpretation of the all-seeing eye, which is the enlightenment, hidden wisdom, and the knowledge that Lucifer is king. This is what the all-seeing eye represents. But so we have an actual spell book with the eye in the center and Bette Midler is seen at the beginning of the movie performing an actual witch hex called Mano Cornudo and it is an actual spell what is that spell like what's the goal of it it's basically connected to this idea of stealing children's life force to revitalize themselves which also could be representative of this idea of adrenochrome. That's where I was, you know, that sounds like adrenochrome. Mm -hmm. Right right at home in Hollywood. Oh, yes. And so there, there is a scene where we get to see inside the spell book and there was actual spells in there, not fairy tale made up stuff. And my question to you is why would they include this level of detail for a Disney movie that they did not even think was going to be successful. Well, I think it's right there in your question, Disney. Mm-hmm. There's even a page with the magician's pact 
on it with instructions on how to summon demons by calling them by name. And (laughs) yes, they reference the names of the nine divine. And they actually sell copies of this spell book on Amazon. (laughs) (laughs) Of course they do. That energy is just flowing out there. Can you? uh. And so Whitney, to answer your question, Walt Disney himself was a member of the Order of De Molay, which is modeled after Jacques de Molay, who was the last grand master of the Knights Templar. And this, of course, the Knights Templar being this magical group that was supposedly Satan worshipers, pretty much. And um, why am I telling you this? Here we go. You guys hang on to your panties. This is going to get wild. There's a scene where Max is riding through the cemetery. Do you guys remember this scene? The camera stops and it zooms in on one of the headstones. And the name on the headstone is Sinclair. And shut up. I know where this is going. Yeah. Shut up. Wait a minute. The Sinclair family is an Illuminati bloodline. And there was a book written many, many years ago outlining the 13 Illuminati bloodlines. And the Sinclairs trace their bloodline back through the St. Clairs, who are a part of the Priory of Sion which is a secret society claiming to be the descendants of the Merovingian bloodline, which goes all the way back to the offspring of Jesus Christ and Mary oh Magdalene. Oh my God. The fuck? <laughs> the actual fuck. But of course, of course. Yeah. I'm not done. Oh, I thought I was done. No. I thought that, okay. All right. <laughs> she got the I thought she dropped the mic. I know, right? <laughs> I was like, there's more? Hang on, you guys. Okay, so, and despite claiming to be a direct descendants of Jesus Christ and Mary Magdalene, the St. Clair family practice hermetic black magic, and people in the high levels of Satanism claim to be descendant from the house of David and are also tied to the Priory of Sion, and they think that there is actual magic in their blood. So, the scene where they go to the the girl Allison uh, from Eyes Wide Shut, Allison's house, the mm-hmm. Halloween party. You can see some of them wearing these masquerade type masks, mm. just like Eyes Wide Shut during the orgy scene. Oh, wow. And these masks were literally created for orgies in real life. To mask one's identity while the person underneath it can let loose, so to speak. And they use these masks also during Mardi Gras in New Orleans, which is a literal hub of darkness. I have another episode coming out on that. And some other movies that feature these masquerade masks would be Phantom of the Opera, Sweeney Todd, Van Helsing, The Labyrinth, which is a pedophile movie, The Dark Knight Rises. Disney's The Haunted Mansion, another freaking Disney That's movie. That's an incredible movie, though. Mm-hmm. It's a good movie. 
Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, Fifty Shades Darker, Marie Antoinette, and The Man in the Iron Mask, which were about King Louis Fourteenth, who is French, by the way. All this French stuff keeps coming up. And French shit is also connected with New Orleans. Yeah. So we keep coming back to this idea of the French orgies, dark stuff, magic, all of this. So it keeps going back to the French and the Merovingian bloodline and all of this. So let's sum it up with this. The spell book in the movie is supposedly covered in human skin. And this practice is known as anthropodermic bibliopegy. Probably not saying that right. Who cares? And believe it or not, Harvard University's confirmed that this book exists and is bound in human skin and is part of their collection at one of their libraries. Wow. In the movie. Now, here's the craziest part and why I'm talking about the spell book. It's supposedly modeled after the Necronomicon book, which was also bound in human flesh and is a very real book. It's based on the Egyptian Book of the Dead, and there are only a few copies. And it's said the last owners of this Necronomicon book was said to be owned by a Salem family named Hickman. And the casting director's name for Hocus Pocus is Carolyn Pickman from Boston, Massachusetts. Oh, no. <laughs> Whoa. I don't even know how to respond to any of that. Like, I. So it was just a, a giant spell that's cast over and over and over. And little kids. Every year. With the goal of what? With the goal of what? Wait, yeah, every, exactly. every spell has a goal. So with the goal of what? Well, the only one they read is about stealing the life force from the little children. Like Monsters, Inc. And right? it's a Disney movie. Party Come little children, children. I'll take thee away. <laughs> I just saw a, a cartoon, a Hocus Pocus cartoon, like a quick ad for that. And I think they're actually doing a stage production. I think it's Ooh. here in LA. Like, a, like they're reprising the whole Hocus Pocus thing. Even though it's, it's a Weren't they trying to do like a <laughs> second movie of it? Hocus Pocus 2 comes Hocus out Pocus. September 18th on <laughs> Disney+. Plus. It does. We wow, might have to like do a part two where we, we might do a part two and watch it and analyze it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like predictive programming. I say they're conducting massive rituals on us on a daily basis. Constantly. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And they've used regular women like myself, Kelsey, Ellie, and Whitney, who are, we're on the the right path. We're in the light path. And they're, basically what they did in Salem Witch Trials is they used regular girls like us as scapegoats for some seriously sinister shit. Mm -hmm. While simultaneously trying to snuff out the bloodline of Jesus Christ. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, you guys, this is a massive ritual on a like global scale. Uh, yeah, it's a piece of the puzzle for sure. 
I mean, so, holy shit. The programming puzzle. So now I really want to go because I'm not that far from Boston. I now I want to go to like one of the local libraries and look at some of the old newspapers because kids going missing would totally be in a newspaper, right? Like that would be that would be something, what right? Did, what year did Hocus Pocus come out? Ninety. Oh, Hocus six? Hocus release date. Oh my god, it's telling me this year. No, dummy. The first one. They're original. 1993. Okay. Oh, oh that long ago. Wow. You know what's I, funny I about this, guys? But if you go back, I mean, if you go back to like the Salem witch trials, because if you think that that was also a giant ritual of sorts, mm-hmm. yeah. and they, just like Hocus Pocus, they were doing this to little children life force in, in Hocus Pocus, they're luring children. Yeah, right. I wonder if, if Hocus Pocus has loosely based truth in it if that was one of the loosely based truths that most people don't know about you know what else i think that you have to come to massachusetts with me and we need to go spend time in the library oh girl <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm bringing i'm bringing my jammies i'm bringing everything i am bringing it all we're staying at a hotel together <laughs> but you got to be the strong one ellie i have a weak heart for that kind of shit <laughs> I'll tell you what I can do. Midler. (laughs) You know what? I almost, hey, Kelsey, I thought we should dress up as the Sanderson sisters until I did this research for work. (laughs) I was like, oh, maybe not. I don't want to bring that in. Honestly, you'd be Sarah Jessica Parker. (laughs) (laughs) Who would you be? Which one? I'm Bette Midler. And Sabrina would be uh, uh, the the fat one. (laughs) Who, by the way, her name is Mary. Oh, it all comes together it in does. the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't let anything go to waste. No, no names don't. or spells or scenes. I'm gonna have to watch that movie again and you Try know maybe to stuff out. Yes, Except you know you guys have to say. You know how it. they always say that they need bodies to feed this energy to get the momentum going for these big rituals right how many fucking bodies from these salem witch trials to power to siphon off this energy to run whatever ritual they were preparing to do i mean we're talking a massive body count yeah so when i so before this i looked up i was just looking up reading listening a little bit about the trials and stuff and when i was looking at you know a couple of youtubes the first top searches are all smithsonian's like Mm. we know the smithsonian is really just you know the the narrative right the very top ones and i was like what no 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 don't want to be the bullshit right so What if it, what if the whole story is fake? What if it all was a giant blood sacrifice? And then we have been fed this story of the witch trials and the Puritans and stuff. You know? Oh my God. You're going, is it real? Is it even real? Is it even real? Nobody would ever fucking know if it wasn't. Mm -mm. How would they? I mean, like we said, the history is written by the victor. So, you know, and then all of these, just 
suspicious with anything that the Smithsonian puts their name on because, you know, it's like Netflix, you know, Mm -hmm. if it's on Netflix, it's full of shit. It's a narrative. It's the (laughs) social, it's the Tavistock, you know, version. It is Tavistock. And I'll tell you what's funny about it is, is the fact that it's Disney first off and then the day Molay and all of that stuff. And you know, what, what's coming out this year are two cinematic treats. Hocus Pocus 2 and Pinocchio. Oh. oh Pinocchio? I mean, it's right there in his name. <laughs> so, I mean, are they yeah. just setting us up for some goofy shit here? Or is this, like, really real? I don't, I don't know. Because I remember the first time I watched Hocus Pocus. And seeing that scene, it was a little, like, especially from a Disney movie, you're kind of like, okay, whoa. Yeah. yeah so I feel like there is some energy there that I don't know even if you're you not like what? that attuned you feel something Kelsey I used to walk around my house as a kid now I need to like plead the blood of Jesus all over myself probably <laughs> I used to walk around my house singing that fucking hickety dickety song that they do to Zachary Binks at the beginning twist the bones and bend the back yittity tippity 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 that's probably some real shit. Yeah, <laughs> it might be. You need to look into that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. You know what else they mention in that movie, though? They resurrect that dead guy with his mouth all sewn up. That was the guy who cheated on Sarah Jessica Parker. Che- cheated on uh-huh. Bette Midler with Sarah Jessica Parker. Yes, yes. Now, why is that appropriate Jeez. to put in a kid's movie? Not... You know, they could have made it anything, but they go, oh, she caught him with her sister and she killed him and sewed his mouth shut. This is what Honestly, you're six years old going, caught him doing what? (laughs) (laughs) That's dark. It wasn't baking apple pies, honey. (laughs) All right. But no, so you guys... Are there such a thing as witches, Kelsey? Yes. They come in all different forms as well. I just think, I don't know, there is a negative connotation. There was a negative connotation in media. And now I think, especially with like the advent of social media, we're now, well, maybe it's not like necessarily a great thing for witchcraft or practices, but it is easier to get into it and to share it with like other witches get in contact with them and like make your own little online coven and An I think online coven. it used to be a little bit secretive but I think now I don't know there's nothing really wrong with it or mm-hmm. not like that but like society is just kind of like at least in my experience no one really gives a shit anymore that's true unless you're hurting kids it, they definitely do well, well if that, you're hurting yeah. kids fuck off but <laughs> Ellie, where are you at? Witches, are they real? I mean, I know people who identify as witches and, you know, they have paganistic beliefs and um, they celebrate it. And so I think it all depends on your definition of a witch. But I'm going to go with yes in a broad general sense. Like, this, this doesn't necessarily, if we're talking about just like what you and Kelsey mentioned, this isn't dark stuff. Mm-mm. This is earth. This is paganism, which is really about using herbs, 
spirituality, stuff like that. What they've done, though, is make it look like you're sacrificing goats in your basement. You know what I'm saying? That's the scary part, is what they've made it. We're women. Mm -hmm. It's a majority women. We're going to be demonized no matter what we do. Whitney. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think there's, and on the whole spectrum, you know, everything from, you know, your grandmother making you a special tea for your sniffles all the way to, you know, coven cults. And I mean, I don't know, because I haven't seen one, but I know there's like vampire cults and, you know, some very, very dark people into some dark, very secretive shit. And so Mm -hmm. on the other end of the spectrum, it's not that I've met anyone, but I would not be surprised if there are some very, very dark witches and covens and you know the the fact that our western culture has singled out uh you know a a sort of archetype of the witch sort of to me means there's a little bit of projection there you know you don't hide under the bed unless you've uh or you don't look under the bed unless you've hidden there yourself i think on all of the whole strata of our culture there's people doing dark shit for dark reasons and usually to you know uh invade someone else's sovereignty so you know sort of like um you know it's a little worrisome when you hear of maybe pagan practitioners casting love spells and stuff you know i don't like that that's sort of impinging on somebody's sovereignty yeah that is true that is true that you know but but also at the same time of you know you know, if I, I had a hawk in my yard the other day and I felt, I found it significant and that's some, that's some witchy thinking, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah, I think there's if a that's spe- witchy yeah. thinking, then they need to burn me at the stake because <laughs> I find magic in all kinds of daily activities. But I, I thought of a new question to ask you guys, a new honorary question for this sugar spice and everything conspiracy Seeing as how it is the first episode kicking off the spooktacular, I'm going to say, Ellie, what's your favorite Harry Potter? Oh, I don't know. I feel like the ones with Hermione when they're younger and she's like all nerding out and uh, they're in the bathroom and she's basically like, you know, worried about her exams and uh i forget what she says but basically she's more worried about her exams than dying and yeah. for the longest time uh i was that i, so I identify that. with her <laughs> and that and i can't tell you what movie it's from like which it's exact one a second I, yeah with, the, with, like with the, the troll in the bathroom yes yeah i think it's it's the first one i think so because they're really young they are yeah too. yeah it might be sorcerer's stone Right. So Ellie is Hermione from Sorcerer's Stone. <laughs> yeah. Kelsey, what's your favorite Harry Potter? Prisoner of Azkaban. Is this is your final answer. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. I just. What about like, it, Julie? <laughs> I just know you so well. What did and you for think? some reason? I was like, she's going to say the Half-Blood Prince. Mm, Fair, I almost did pick that. Okay. That's (laughs) my favorite. 
my favorite is Half Blood Prince. Mm-hmm. It is a good one. Whitney. I love them all so much, but I also love The Prisoner of Azkaban. I just oh love my it. God. Sirius Black, like the appearance of Sirius Black is like, what a great character. Get away from my blood, son. And then just the, because I read the whole series to my kids with accents and we like really <laughs> did a deep dive on it. And um, it's like that, it's the funniest one to me like there's the most humor and it's still light it's before the whole series starts to go really dark so even yeah. though series black is like he's a perceived very dark character and it feels like it's going dark it doesn't go dark yet and then mm-hmm. as we start to get in later like especially like the end but um you know so i uh, i'll watch that movie i'll read that book or i'll read any of them anytime but yeah prisoner of azkaban I feel like Whitney is like a more chill, stylish, and more attractive Professor Trelawney. Together we shall cast ourselves into the future. The truth lies buried like a sentence deep within a book waiting to be read. But first you must broaden your minds. First you must look beyond <laughs> I see it. I see it. I see it. Put the big yeah, clothes on. <laughs> yes, Whitney. All you need is some of those gigantic glasses, and you're set. Who are you, Julie? Yeah. I am. I'm Draco. I think. Draco. Ooh. By okay. Draco. Okay. By Draco. Explain. I did take the quiz and I'm a Ravenclaw, so I don't know if I am Draco, but he's just like, he just spouts off at the mouth. <laughs> he just won't shut. You know who I probably what? am? Who? I'm fucking Neville Longbottom. <laughs> <laughs> I just walk around saying goofy shit all the time. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You lose all me. <gasps> That's me. Yeah. I have to say that it's always me. Why is it always (laughs) me? Can we agree that the Goblet of Fire is the worst of them all? Yeah. The book and the movie. Agreed. Order of Phoenix? You think that's the worst one? No, no, I'm not. Sorry. Opinions. Because I like the book. Uh, it was, it too, was like my it was it's in my top one. three because I do okay, good. Half Blood Prince, Order of the Phoenix, Deathly Hollows Part Two. Mm-hmm. That's my top three right there. And um, I did have a big crush on Draco, which is probably why yeah. I picked him. I had yeah. a crush on Oliver too. Oliver Wood. Oh yeah, he's cute. Yeah, the credit player, Mr. Oh 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Now let's t- let's take a second and think because I'm I really love Harry Potter, so I'm so glad that you guys love it too. I think some of the messages in Harry Potter were like, "Be yourself, be of service to others." Like these these are really po- and for some reason J.K. Rowling gets such a bad rap sometimes. Yeah. Weird. I think she's got some ties, though. She knows a lot of shit. 
something weird about a tattoo she's got. I was really recent. She's got some tattoo, some occult tattoo, I think. I I should, maybe I shouldn't have brought it up, but it was really recent. On her wrist, I guess that somebody caught a picture of some occult tattoo. It's like numbers or something. That means something. I I forget what it is. I'd have to Google it. I I should be more prepared, you guys. I'm sorry. And I knew I was going to bring up Harry Potter too. So (laughs) that's my B. But I, um, yeah, I loved Harry Potter growing up. I read all the books first and then I watched the movies, which made the movies more magical because I had all the characters in my head and like seeing them come to life. It was just like, you know, a dream come true. But uh, which death bothered you the most, Ellie? Dumbledore. Also, I know what the tattoo says. What? So it is says Solve et coagula meaning dissolve and coagulate meaning solve to break down the elements while coagula points to a coming together it's rooted in medieval alchemy interesting alchemy yeah i like that Mm -hmm. all right so ellie says dumbledore whitney what death disturbed you the worst okay well this is it's a little bit personal but okay so i mentioned that I read all the books to my kids, you know, and when they'd mm-hmm. come out, I'd do all that. We'd have tea. I'd do the accents. It was like, like I homeschooled my kids. So when it was Potter time for Potter, it was like, it was just, you know, sometimes they read in the car and then we read them all again. And then we read them all again. Um, so we were really connected to the story. And um, so my dad, when my dad died, it, when that, when the last movie, when Dumbledore dies, when that movie came out, it just so happened that the day that he got cremated was the day we went and saw that. So I was um, sitting in the movie theater and like we, you know, my kids would just, they would always be like, my dad was Dumbledore, you know? Oh. And so I was literally in the theater watching that scene and I looked at my watch and I was like, he's probably getting cremated right as we speak. And then I got really nauseous when that happened. So I, that one affected me for other totally bizarre reasons, but also because, like, I was really connected to the story, and he was my favorite character, too. Happiness can be found even in the darkest of times. If one only remembers to turn on the light. That one, you know, obviously bothered me the most. But, you know, why the bitch have to kill, you know, the owl? Like, Hedwig, because, like, that did not mean... I loved Hedwig and that was so unnecessary. You'd had to kill her. It like, was like, why? You why? killed Hedwig why? for why? Exactly. Why? For why you killed Hedwig? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Kelsey, which death brought you to your knees? <laughs> George Weasley. Yeah. George Weasley. Why? That's such a sad it's just like um it's just because they're like the comic relief in the story and so when to like actually see especially like Fred break down everybody break down it's just like a culmination of everything going through the entire series and then to lose like a beloved character it just like really hits home at the end like this is the end let me tell you which one did it for me you guys I I had to really I mean I had 
I needed psychological therapy after this death. My mother and I were obsessed with one character. And she loved this character. I love this character. We used to make jokes all the time. And after my mom died, I waited like three years to watch part one. Because I knew it was coming. And when this character died, it was like my mom died for some reason. And I was just bawling in my living room. Just like just like Whitney said, like I connected this death with her death for whatever reason. And it was Dobby. Mm. The yeah. house elf. Healthy. Such a beautiful place. To be with us. Dobby is happy to be with his friend. Harry Potter. On the beach. And then he was like, such a good day to spend with friends. Stop. Harry Potter. I can't, I almost can't relive it again. Yeah. And when they wanted to dig the grave by hand and they didn't want to use magic, they were going to do it, you know, the human way, I think they called it, like, or the muggle way. They respected him. Yeah. Are you really crying, Kelsey? (laughs) You're going to make me because now. Dobby. It was Dobby. But no, yeah, I, uh. I I do believe we live in a magical realm. There's obviously the good and the bad, but it's just about what your intentions are. Mm-hmm. So that's how I would basically sum that up. Like what if you have good intentions, if you're following the light, then you're never gonna stray off, you know. I do think while intentions absolutely matter. If you don't know what you're being exposed to or what you're being used for, Hocus Pocus, I feel like it's a perfect example. I don't think most people watched Hocus Pocus with ill intentions, but we were still used. Victims, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So before we sum it up, you guys, I do want to ask you to plug, starting with Whitney, tell us about what services you offer to humanity. Um, so I have a website, it's, uh, WhitneyFoxMedium.com and there you'll find, um, uh, just a little information on mediumship readings and some other stuff that I do. Um, I am putting together some thoughts and gathering some, you know, uh, like-minded folk and I'm going to do a mediumship course coming up in the next few weeks. So if anybody's interested, um, you know, just, DM me and uh you know so I'll just tell you the way briefly how I'm kind of visioning that via zoom and um giving some uh kind of uh exercises and then pairing off people in groups preferably people that don't know anything about each other and then practicing you know repracticing the exercises that I give them so it's you know I guess you could call it a bit of a beginner psychic uh development with a um emphasis on mediumship and spirit contact that kind of thing so that that's I'm gonna start to I'm starting to gather I've got a few people interested so I'd like to do it in the fall I'd like to get that going in the fall so also if I have an Instagram and it's at trickster fox seven so if anybody wants to reach out and say hey and um 
I'd love to talk about stuff. And if anybody wants a reading or has any questions about that kind of witchy stuff, um, I'd love to hear from anybody. So thanks, Julia. Thank you. And consider me your first fucking student. I am. <laughs> that is the best thing I have heard in months. Oh my God. Whitney Fox training me. <laughs> Dream come true. Ellie, what's going on with Speed Bumps podcast? First, I just want to say I love the idea of you pairing people up and like doing small groups. I haven't heard of another class doing that. And I love that idea. Yeah. So, I mean, the the problem is like, if you try and read your friends, you don't know if you're pulling stuff from your memory memory. or yeah. Yeah. Yeah, No, I love that idea. Love that idea. I'm looking forward to talking to you soon too. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, Not sure when this is coming out, but yes, I'll be interviewing Whitney uh, Tuesday. Uh, So that should be out. I don't know when it's coming out. Uh, That'll be episode 20. Three, I think. 22, 23. Coming out uh, October the 3rd. Okay. So yeah. So Whitney's episode will already be out by then. Um, but yeah, Speed Bumps podcast. You can find me on Instagram at one thumb L-O-N-E thumb E-L. Um, also all my links are at campsite.bio slash one thumb L. I am on all major podcast platforms, Spotify, YouTube, or not. Well, I do have a YouTube channel where I show people how to do things one-handed, uh, but Spotify, Google, things like that. Um, message me, talk to me if you want to come on my podcast. And yeah. Thank you, my beautiful Ellie. And Kelsey, do you want to plug or are you off the grid? Nope. I don't want to. Off the grid. I don't got none. That's all right. I'm I'm calling you Kelsey exclusive to Cosmic Beach Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, thank you, ladies, so much. It was an honor and um, it was a blast. Thank you so, so, so much. And to all my listeners, happy Halloween. We will catch you on the next one. Bye.